Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Joe Pags Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Pags. Hey, great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. A lot going on. Lots to get to. I just made this comment during the break, and I, and I meant it. Um, why is it that, that the words or the names Joy and Sonny seem to be used on the wrong people? Now, I've got a good friend named Sonny Quinn, who is, uh, who's awesome, and it really does fit. But, um, but Sonny Hostin... And uh, and Joy Reed or Joy Behar, it, it, just just like misnamed. It's like their parents, you know, had them and said, "Yeah, let's let's name her something that's going to make her happy and sunny and joyful." And it just didn't work out that way. So I find that to be very interesting. We've got a lot going on this hour. Bottom of the hour is going to be Burgess Owens. He's a U.S. representative, District Four Republican out of the great state of Utah, also former Super Bowl champion. And we talk a lot about this this move that he's making through legislation to stop trans women who are biological men, from competing against women. Because uh, it's just unfair. It's completely unfair. It's a great conversation with a former um, athlete. Also, we get into what's happening in Ukraine and Russia and so on. But there's a major problem with drugs coming across the border. There's a major problem with fentanyl directly. And uh, we're going to talk about that in a second with uh, with Kay, who is in for Kerry. We're going to do all that and a whole lot more on your Friday I'll give you some strings. Horn section. Protein bar. My bad. My bad. Okay. What day is it anyway? Where is Bob Guthrie? Let's go. Friday. There he is. Thank Thank God it's. Thank God it is Friday. Uh Uh-huh. Friday. That's right. Thank God it's. Thank God it is Friday. Let's take it up a notch. Let's make it a free speech Friday. Let's go. Ah, freedom. Uh huh. Say what? Bring it now. Kay is in for Carrie. Appreciate the fart monster being what? Like being by. She's a writer with the Daily Caller, and lets me call her fart monster, which I think is incredible. Sam, of course, across, uh, along for the ride. Polo's out as well, and that's Pete who's behind the board. Anything on your mind, fair game, 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. We appreciate you taking the time. So, 
We've talked about the opioid issue in this country for many, many years now. And they're like, man, 70,000 people died. I think it was like 100,000 last year, something like that, that died from overdoses in this uh, country. But there was a delineation that was made by, by my friend Mark Lamb in an interview that he did with Kay um, between poisoning and overdosing. And now we're seeing a story that you just wrote about in The Daily Caller. Uh, and if you, if you didn't know that, uh, Kay is one of the top writers over The Daily Caller. Go and check her out. Um, you wrote this story about spring break in Florida, and it's chilling to hear these details. Fill me in. So, Joe, essentially what happened was six spring breakers went into cardiac arrest after ingesting fentanyl. Now, four of the spring breakers ingested the fentanyl accidentally because they were, well, they assumed that they were using cocaine. Uh, it wasn't necessarily all cocaine. It was cocaine laced with fentanyl. And then two of their friends found them overdosing or being like going through this poisoning, went to administer CPR. And just from administering the CPR, they also went into cardiac arrest. So what we have here is the latest in what is, I mean, it was actually over 100,000 people in the last year have died of wow. um, opioid and drug-related overdoses. Well, I want to stop, if you don't mind, I want to stop you for a second because this is very interesting to me. And not interesting that I'm happy to hear about it, but it's interesting because, again, that delineation was made by Mark, the sheriff in Pinal County, Arizona. And it's a very good delineation because they did not go in to say, let's, let's take a bunch of fentanyl. Now, having said that, listen to me, people. Stop doing cocaine. Stop doing heroin. Stop doing the, the, you know, these big, hard drugs. Uh, we can have an argument about marijuana some other time i'm for the legalization of marijuana although i don't use it but they are lacing these drugs and cutting these drugs to make them less cocaine and more something else less heroin and more something else because they're making more money by spreading out what they have so stop it now they are lacing it with chinese made fentanyl that's coming across the southern border so okay what mark said to you and i think this is a very important point was that they didn't go in saying hey let's take as much cocaine as we can until we od They took the amount they thought they could take. And again, don't anybody do cocaine. I'm not suggesting that you do. But they had no idea that this deadly drug that can stop your heart was in the cocaine. That's what you're saying. Absolutely. So actually what happens with uh, fentanyl, typically it's it's not necessarily... put in to, you know, sort of bulk out the product, which is what most people assume. Dealers will mix in fentanyl to cocaine, to heroin, to methamphetamine, because it's actually way more addictive. And it's easier to get people dependent on fentanyl than it is on pretty much all other drugs that we know of. It keeps them coming back. In time keeps them coming back. But here's the thing, drug dealers aren't very clever. So what they'll do is they'll get like a Vitamix or, you know, your sort of standard home, you know, mixer. They'll put all of their cocaine, all of the heroin, whatever you want into the mix, and then they'll put in the fentanyl, mix it up, which doesn't mix it properly. Uh, Another thing that we've seen is uh, the same thing happening with uh, synthetic opioids. So uh, I wrote another article this week covering it was the first hearing uh, where victims of the opioid crisis actually got to speak directly to uh, the Sackler family who run Purdue Pharma, who created Oxycontin. And um, what a lot of young, predominantly young people, and Mark talked about this on my show, Uh, A a lot of young people will be prescribed OxyContin and other opioids for very mundane issues. There was one woman who talked about her son who was uh, prescribed OxyContin for a knee issue. 
Um, that's not what oxycontin is for. It should be for end of life care for terminally ill cancer patients. That's the the sort of quality of uh, the the pain relief that this stuff produces. Right. Um, so young people who can't then uh, keep they can't afford to keep up their prescription of oxycontin. It's very expensive for a lot of people. Um, they will then go and buy street pills, which are often with, which are they're counterfeit. They're not real oxycontin. They're not right. real Xanax. Um, these other types of uh, opioid prescription pills um, that are also laced with fentanyl and then they will die. And I mean, we have dealers all across this country who will walk up to children's bedroom windows to to sell to them to avoid parents discovering that their children are still heavily addicted to these drugs. This is the real pandemic. This is, you know, it's probably an epidemic at this point. My knowledge really doesn't extend to the rest of the world. I know it's not as much of an issue in the UK. Um, We have incredibly good uh, drugs education in the UK. Uh, It really just isn't as much of an issue there. Um, But here in the United States where, you know, so much of recreational drug use is, you know, sort of taboo, kids aren't allowed to learn about this in school. They're not taught how to be safe when they go out and use drugs. Wait, 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 wait. wait, wait, No, you and I will argue about it. No, no. You you hold on a second. You hold on one second there, Smythe, because we're teaching kids as young as third grade in Florida, because they now they now have a, a new bill that you can't do until third grade about being transgender, gender identity, and about having relations with people of the same gender. You could be gay, you can be whatever. So we're talking about all that stuff. Plus, in many states, you can get an abortion as a, as a young teen and not even have to get your parents' you know knowledge or consent. And they're teaching CRT right down the road here in San Antonio. You're telling me we can't teach kids the dangers of drugs in school? Why not? Absolutely. Oh, because that that's stig- that's stigmatized. You know, yeah, you can talk. There's a people. stigma on that, but not anything yeah. else. Absolutely. So you can't you can't go to your child and say, look, realistically, when you're in <sighs> college, you're going to be offered drugs. Here's what to do when you're actually offered them, and if you're going to use them, which most kids do, let's be honest. Uh, like w- instead, we're like, oh, oh, you're five years old. Let let's talk about your sexuality. How are people not in prison? Yeah, for both. No, I'm, I'm with you. Not, it's it's disgusting, Joe. I mean, well, I, it I is. And, and I want to say this: I'm not arguing with you because everything everything you said is absolutely correct and it's verifiably correct. But I'm going to stick to my guns on that. Cocaine and heroin cost more than fentanyl does, and they are cutting it with fentanyl to also spread out the the lot. Um, and I got that from Mark. I mean, I'm not making that up. I also got that from Ted Cruz, who I think sister uh, OD'd. Um, at the end of the day, we've got a major problem here in this country. That problem is coming from China. China has no problem killing off 100,000 a year plus. They have no problem getting us uh, you know, uh, hooked on drugs and so on. So I'm going to ask this question very directly to those who are listening. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Have you had the conversation with your kid? Have you sat down and said, this is marijuana, this is heroin, this is cocaine, this is crack cocaine, this is methamphetamine, this is what these things can do to you? And, as Kay said very wisely, drug dealers are stupid. They're not brain surgeons. These people will kill off their own customers by accident. I don't think they're purposely doing it because you can't come back and buy more coke if you're dead. But they're not, they're not, you know, pharmacologists. They're not sitting in, you know, in classes for eight years to become a doctor and they know what dose can do this and what dose can do that. There's a major problem out there. You are risking your life every time you try one of these illicit drugs. Have you had the conversation with your kids? 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. And have you educated yourself on this epidemic in this country? Keep it here. We're coming right back. 
Hi, great to have you. Thanks. It's the Joe Pag Show. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Having a discussion during the break, Alec Baldwin was uh, trending earlier, and my tweet and my TikTok was, Alec Baldwin's trending again. Did somebody else get shot? Um, and, and again, Alec Baldwin says he didn't pull the trigger, and I just want to disabuse anybody of a misunderstanding here. On the kind of gun that he had, and it was a real gun, it was not a prop gun, I mean, anything be, can be a prop, but it was a real gun that had a real round in it for some reason, we don't know why yet. But um, that gun, you not only have to pull the hammer back on the gun, you cannot physically just like flick the hammer and make it go down, you can't do that. That gun, you have to pull the trigger to make the hammer go down. Now, did he accidentally pull the trigger? Possibly, Sure. Did he want to kill somebody? No, I don't think so. No way. But somebody died because of his negligence and the negligence of the of the weapons, the firearms handler on set. But um, his claim on ABC with uh, George Snuffleupagus, it is Snuffleupagus, isn't it? I think I think it's Snuffleupagus. Um, he um, he told him I never pulled the trigger. And then fifteen YouTube videos were made immediately with the same exact gun, saying you have to. If you don't pull the trigger, it doesn't shoot. Um, so, yeah, I, I, as much as I don't like being that guy, generally, when it comes to Alec Baldwin, I have a hard time not being that guy. This anti-gun, anti-Trump, anti-everything guy just boggles my mind, to be honest with you. And uh, he trends every other day. And then, of course, you have the same trends every day. Uh, Katie, do you have any idea why Ted Nugent keeps trending, my friend Ted Nugent? I mean, he just shows up on Twitter. He's trending again. Uh, well, if it's Ted, I'm going to assume that's because he did something really cool, really funny, or really nice. And then Kid Rock trends right after Ted does because Kid Rock and Ted both believe in freedom and liberty. How stupid is that? That's horrible. we got to call them out as well. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. My daughter talked to me during the break, CJ, my eldest daughter. We've got two grandchildren with CJ, um, Bailey and Ollie. And she said, what's the right age to talk to your kids? Uh, I mean, I, I made uh, an, I gave an answer. It wasn't scientific or well thought out other than it made sense to me at the moment. Sam, what, what age do you think we should talk to kids about drugs? Oh, that's actually really hard. I don't know. I don't have children, and I don't remember when I learned about it, except for in D.A.R.E. programs, which didn't really teach you that much. Kay, when do you think I, that she should tell her kids about, the, about drugs? <laughs> Sorry, you said, when should, when should I talk to my kids? Um, and you'd left out the drugs part. Um, I, didn't say, I, didn't, I didn't ask you when you should talk to your kids. <laughs> that's literally what you just well, by you, I meant you in general who's listening. When should you, the population, talk? When should one, I'm sorry, I'll speak more Welsh for you. You'll understand it better. When should one talk to his or her kids about drugs? No, okay, you misunderstand. Well, I think, okay, to answer the question, um, I think you should talk to your children about drugs and alcohol. I, if it doesn't come up ahead of time, I think uh, 11 or 12, we get taught in the UK every single year from age 11 through 16, we do full two days, comprehensive sex and drugs education. We get taught- How old are you? When that happens? How old am I now? Um, No, no, I know how old you are now. We start at 11. Um, And you know, it's all reproductive stuff as well, but um, for the drug stuff, we were taught that I'll never forget this. It was the most incredible moment of my life. Um, not really, but it was pretty high up there. This woman, uh, who was giving us our educational spiel on drugs. She was like, look, at some point in your life, you're going to do ecstasy. You are. Here's how to do it and not die. And she, but it was brilliant because then I got to probably like age 16, 17, 18, and everyone I knew was doing ecstasy because that was like the cool thing to do at the time. Um, I didn't because I've never done anything wrong, obviously. 
Um, is, you, seriously, you don't, think the, you, you don't think the teacher should have said, listen, don't do ecstasy. But, but if it happens that people are and you end up doing it, here's how you don't die. I mean, that might make more. You're okay with her saying you're going to do it, so here's how to do it right? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, like, realistic. Like, when you actually look at the data, it's like the set. I was having a conversation with a group of friends of mine um, about two weeks ago, uh, one of whom had never even, like, seen a drug. She's, you know, in her mid-20s, and she's like, I've literally never even been to a party where I've seen drugs around. Right. And, our, like, the other friend who was there was like, what are you talking about? Like, there was cocaine in every single room when I was in college. And he went to a great college. He's a very successful guy now. Um, and so when I sort of asked, like, how were you guys taught about this stuff in school? Because, like, you're not like unless there's fentanyl in it like it's pretty hard to actually die of a cocaine overdose and my friend one friend was like oh my gosh no you can absolutely die of a cocaine overdose and i'm like yeah i'm not saying you can't but it's actually really difficult you're more likely to die of like all of these other drugs and if you are doing cocaine like here's how to you know sort of like do it safely and blah 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 and i was so saddened to sort of hear how many friends the at least one of them had lost to addiction who's like who had spent all of their money on it they were too scared to go and ask for help because there was just nothing that like the stigma that's attached i think to drug use in general is the greatest barrier to care and because we've had this opioid epidemic destroy the country for the last 20 years or so there are a lot of lives that could have been saved i think if they had been taught Hey, if you get addicted, hey, if you get too into this, hey, if you're doing this too often, here's how to go and get the help you need versus don't right. do drugs. I, I, I hear you, but I'm going to I'm going to counter it a little bit. And, and here, here's my counter. Um, I agree with you. Teach the dangers of the drugs. hundred percent. But you have to go in saying don't do drugs. Now, that doesn't work. Just saying say no. I get it. When Nancy Reagan said, just say no, it really wasn't effective. It sounded cool. It was a cool slogan. I understand. You do have to teach what's good, what's bad in society and in life. When you talk about drugs, you're right. It's pervasive. I grew up in South Florida. Everybody around me had cocaine. I'm 55 now. I've never, ever done cocaine. I never planned to. Um, and it's not because I'm a goody two-shoes. It's because I care too much about my health and my body and my life. So um, I, I want to teach the proper lessons. Here's what can happen if you do this. Here's what these things do to you. But I also agree with you that you also want to teach, here's how not to die if you're faced with that situation. The, the most important thing about what you just said, and it was all important, don't misunderstand me. The most important thing was taking the stigma off of talking to authorities or parents about it. Because if my kids aren't comfortable with coming to me and saying, I need to talk to you about something that's pretty heavy and pretty deep, but I need your help with it, then the chances are they're going to end up running into something that they shouldn't run into. I want the door to be open, and sometimes it feels like it's not. I get it. I don't think, that, I don't think my father was approachable on stuff, uh, stuff like this. My mother was. So I get that. What you're saying, destigmatize it, makes a lot of sense. Because A, if you destigmatize it, the draw of it is no longer there for the kid. If you say, don't watch that show, the kid wants to watch the show. If you say, don't do those drugs, the kid's going, well, why the hell can't I? So if you destigmatize it, you have a conversation about it, you make them understand what's going on, I get that. I think that's part of the education. And I also agree with you on the age. 11 or 12 years old makes sense. Sometime preteen makes sense to me. Does what I just said make sense to you? 
Absolutely. I think so. Um, I, I also want to clarify, you know, I think there's a big difference between drugs like cocaine, ecstasy, uh, cannabis, uh, like that's the only three I can think of off the top of my head. Um, and then drugs like the, the opiate based drugs. So yes. like heroin, I think meth also, no one talks about how horrendous meth is. And they it's need to. Made under this new method called P2P where the first time you do it, you're pretty much addicted. It creates holes in your brain. So whereas meth like 10 years ago was not actually that dissimilar to the effects of cocaine. It was just right. this extreme upper. I got to hit a break it's here. It's like just add schizophrenia. I'm with you. We got to hit a break here. We're back with a great interview right after this. Stay here. This is the Joe Pag Show. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Always a pleasure to have this guy back. He's District 4 Republican, the great state of Utah. It's Burgess Owens. Burgess, how are you? Good to see you. Joe, I'm doing great, and, and I'm always looking forward to chatting with you, my friend, for sure. You know, I appreciate having you on. Former Super Bowl champion. We love that angle of it. We want to talk about sports, certainly. Uh, and later on, we'll talk about Ukraine a little bit. But let's start here. Uh, let's start with fairness in sports. And I'm not being coy or funny. But fairness in sports seems to make sense to me. Um, it, you shouldn't have to go up against somebody like a heavyweight fighter will not fight a flyweight. He'll kill him. No. It's just no. not fair. It's just wrong. Um, you know, a man isn't going to box against a woman necessarily because that would be stupid. Um, yeah. he, he might kill her. It's just physiologically we're different. Yeah. So we've got a situation now, Burgess, where, where there's so much buzz going on when it comes to trans people in sports. And I don't understand why this is a controversy. you got a guy who's 6'1", who is, was, swam as a man, at University of Pennsylvania for three years. He was 460th in the country. He wasn't very good. Decided that he's a woman, and maybe he feels like he is. I don't know. And now, as a woman, he's number one in the country. He's beating records by by 10 seconds. He's beating women to the the finish line by 10 or 15 seconds. And if you complain about it, you're somehow anti-trans or anti-LGBT. So just on a sports level, Burgess, is this fair that this, this, this person gets to swim against the women? No, I think anybody, uh, any, any of us who truly understand uh, sports, what meritocracy is, meritocracy, know this is totally unfair. And I think what, what we have to realize, Joe, is we got to back to basics. You know, we start off with Judeo-Christian values that says very one, one simple thing. There are two genders. There's men and women. And at the end of the day, this young man who's, uh, who's now decided he's a woman, he's still biologically a man. So he has all the advantages that men have that are stronger. His muscles uh, have been built quite differently. Uh, I, I personally... I think many of us get it. It's not right. It's not fair. Uh, if you wanted to, to look at a way to destroy women's sports, this is the way to do it. Uh, make sure that anyone can jump into many, uh, uh, women's sports that call themselves a woman, and all of a sudden you have ladies are sitting on the sideline watching, and we're, we're watching a whole different dynamics in the sport. So, uh, and just, just as simple as uh, you know how unfair it would be for, uh, um, gosh, name, name a, a great football, basketball player decides he wants to be a woman and put him on the on in the WBA, the Women's Basketball League. Yeah, how, would, how would how would Sha- how would Shaq do in the Women's uh, Basketball League? He would dominate. Of course, he would dominate. But but uh, but then again, let me say this: the last guy sitting on the bench who never gets any playing time in the NBA would dominate in the WNBA, and that's yeah. what we're seeing here. Because not only what you said, what you said was so perfectly correct. 
Also, men have bigger heart capacity. We have bigger lung capacity. We have the ability to athletically outdo women on every turn when it comes to a really strength-oriented, athletic-oriented. Uh, you know, this isn't this isn't bowling, where I think bowling, a woman can get a 300 and a man can get 300. This is yeah. athletics, and I compare it to this, and I wonder if you th- what you think about this. The NBA is 80% black players, just about 80%, 77 to 80%. I love that because I believe the best players available got the jobs. Yeah. Would it be okay for me to say, hey, listen, I'm 6'1", um, I can't dribble nor shoot, but I'm white and there's not enough white on the basketball court. Could I get away with that, Burgess, or would that be no, you, stupid? You couldn't. You could because one, the one thing that we say about sports, and we've always realized this, it, it is a uniter. It's a place where meritocracy, meritocracy reigns. It's a place where they, you wonder why this, there was such a um, – uh, a, a growth in terms of integration and acceptance in sports and military, because at the end of the day, it comes down to what are you doing? How, what, what do you bring to the court or what do you bring to the, the, play, the, the place to, that brings value? And that's the way sports has always been. That's the way militaries should always be. Uh, we, we have this, this, this wokeness that's coming around. Yes. And people need to understand it, it doesn't work. Uh, I mean, you can go ahead and be woke if you want to, but people are being hurt by it. Right now, the most important thing we can do as a society is always, always respect womanhood. At the bottom line, that's what it comes down to. Uh, whether it be protecting, uh, fighting for, uh, uh, respecting, all those things happens to a very good culture that we have in this country. The minute we get away from that, we've lost American culture. So the reason, this is one way to do it. Yeah, the reason why I bring up the basketball uh, comparison is it would be stupid to say because there aren't enough of me or because I'm not getting the same equity, not equality, equity yeah. here, you have to give me a piece of that basketball team to make you show that you're not racist. I don't think basketball teams are racist. I think that basketball teams and football teams that are 70% black, I think that those teams, the owners are smart enough to hire the best players available. Affirmative action would not work in sports, period, yeah. because it would be stupid. You would be forcing them to have lesser teams. So back to this example of this Leah Thomas in, in Pennsylvania. You've got women who, who are, are, through Title IX, entitled to have the same access to athletics as men. I remember that, not because I do this for a living, but because I was in elementary school when they put Title IX in. And I asked my coach, what does that mean? And she said, it means that girls should have the same opportunities as boys. This biological male, Burgess, is literally taking a job away from a biological female who would have had first place, who would have yes. had a place on that team, who might have gotten a scholarship out of high school. This person didn't, st- didn't start inhibiting testosterone until two years ago. And this is like a 22-year-old person. So yes. what do we do about this? Because the most radical in our society is fighting hard that this person should be allowed to do whatever he wants to do. And that doesn't make any sense because you're literally taking opportunities away. This is anti-Title IX is yes. what my point is. It's taking the opportunity away. So how do we solve this problem? Well, first of all, we, 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 we talk honestly about it. Um, you know, the, 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 what the left does, the, the wokeness, they like to intimidate people. You have young ladies today that feel the same way we do, but will not speak up because they're worried about who's going to come after and who's going to attack them. So we had to start off, I just, I just co-signed a bill uh, just this last week that prevents any institution that receives federal funds from, from forcing women to, to compete against biological men. And we have to understand what we're saying here. It's not what he decides he wants to be. Is biologically what he is, right. and he's a man. At the end of the day, he, and he has all the characteristics of a man. Uh, and in that case here, we just cannot allow this this new wokeness to come in and destroy women's sports, demean the the, the, the activities and the sacrifice and all those things that women go through to be the best of what they can be. That's not fair. And at the end of the day, it comes down to this, uh, Joe. Uh, we we have to decide whether fairness is more important than feelings. 
feelings of, of, of men and boys because they don't they want to compete against women doesn't really matter. Deal with it. Deal with it. Well, and, and, by, and by the way, live like a woman if you want. Say you're a woman if you want. Be a woman in, in your heart and soul if you'd like. Absolutely. You have no right to swim against women. That exactly. that that's where we check. I've interviewed Caitlyn Jenner twice. I like uh, Caitlyn Jenner, but of course, I watched Bruce Jenner win the decathlon in 1976. I was nine or ten years old. I remember watching this and thinking, I want to be like that dude when I get older. And I asked Caitlyn Jenner about this, and it was quite the conversation, Burgess, because um, I asked one simple question. Would you, how would you have done in the heptathlon against the women? And of course, Caitlyn Jenner said, oh, it would have been stupid. Because I won the decathlon. So this was the strongest, most athletic man on the planet in 1976. Would have made the women look stupid had, had he competed against the women. So Caitlyn Jenner, who lives as a woman now and believes that she's a woman, um, today says what you and I say. This is patently unfair. This is about fairness. You cannot allow somebody who biologically and physically has these gifts that are that much better in general than anybody of the other gender. You can't let them compete. Now, Caitlyn Jenner's been attacked over that, but Caitlyn Jenner's right and, and agrees with you and me. I mean, that should go, that should speak volume, shouldn't it? This yeah. is the poster child for the LGBT community. ESPN gave Caitlyn Jenner an award for, for changing genders. So why aren't we listening to, to Caitlyn Jenner now? Well, first of all, let's make sure we're, we're not talking about lifestyle. What we're talking about is competing men against women. At exactly the end of the day, right. that's, the, that's the defining moment we're talking about. Uh, and, and it's important because anyone who's ever competed uh, understands what we're talking about right now. Uh, it's, it's, it's truly unfair uh, to, to take any man and, uh, and have them physically boxing, uh, running. Uh, I mean, it's just, it, it's just not, it's not the fair thing to do. So uh, I think we have to keep in mind there's a, there's a particular niche that women have that they should feel free to compete, to know they can achieve. There's no dream too big for them to, to, to accomplish. That dream goes away when you start putting a physically stronger person by birth into the ring or into right. this uh, process. And that's, that's biological men. And I don't think you and I are questioning somebody who's an adult who's 18 or older, wants to wear a dress, wants to change the name, wants to live exactly. as the opposite gender. Listen, yep. I'm a free and liberation guy. I think that you are too. Do whatever you want. But this doesn't give you the right to jump in a pool and annihilate world records that have stood for a long time simply because you're saying that you're something different. It's Burgess Owens, Burgess4Utah.com, Burgess the number 4, Utah.com. He's a great U.S. representative, District 4 Republican, great state of Utah. Let me switch, gar uh, switch gears in a big-time way here, okay. Burgess. Ukraine and Russia, what we're hearing on the surface from the Biden administration is ridiculous. What we're hearing from on the surface, frankly, from a lot of members of Congress is kind of ridiculous. In the halls of Congress... Is there any murmuring, any whispering going on where where you're going? Hey, man, we got to do more than we're doing right now. This is this doesn't look good. This is bad for the people that we said we support in Ukraine. What's being said in the halls that we maybe not hearing? Well, the the biggest thing that's, that's been talked about is the fact that we should have helped earlier with giving giving uh, the equipment, the the ammunition they needed. Uh, no one uh, at this point, no no one I can think of. Would, would suggest we go to war, that we put our feet on the ground there and, and fight the Russian people. But what we do believe, and this is unfortunate, unfortunate part of the, the Biden administration, uh, President Biden, uh, he's supposed to call it a laggard. A laggard is someone who's late to the party, uh, someone who's always, this is the way I am, I'm, where I am with iPhones. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm totally lost. Sadly, he's lost when it comes down to projecting leadership and being a leader. In this case here, he's, he's, he's asking the, the president of Ukraine if he wants to ride, to leave, and the president says, no, I, I don't need a ride. I don't want ammunition. Right. They want to fight. They want. They love freedom. So what we have to do right now, we're, we're making those moves. We're, we're stopping the, the, uh, the import of, of Russian oil. 
we need to now look at what we can do in the, in, here in this country, become energy independent. The, the, the greatest strength we have, Joe, is that we can do things ourselves. We don't rely on any other country, particularly things like energy, right. which drives everything. And, and uh, unfortunately, the president, the first thing he did when we came in office was to stop the Keystone uh, pipeline. We need to go back to opening up uh, and not just giving permits, but giving these oil producers a, 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 a way to, to transfer this oil to parts of the country where they can actually make a difference. Right. And uh, those, those things have to be done right now. And I'm not sure if Biden, I just don't know how he thinks on these things so far. It's going from one chaos to another, and it's just not making a lot of sense. Well, you've got to lead people, you know, who are saying, "I oh, just go buy an EV." Hey, just stop using gasoline. Hey, let's go get off of oil. And then they lie and say that stopping the Keystone XL pipeline uh, didn't hurt us. Of course it did. It would be up and running, completely operational by now, had they not stopped yeah. it. And it would be 800 to 900 barrels a day. We could replace Russian oil and some other unfriendly oil. But instead, we're talking to Venezuela and Iran. I don't understand it, Burgess. I'll be honest with you, and I don't know what this this. Um, this administration is doing other than saying, without saying it, eh, whatever happens to Ukraine, fine. Let's get everybody on on Green Deal here. Let's get everybody yeah. on on uh, you know re- renewable um, energy here, as if we can press a button or snap our fingers and get off of gasoline. That's not going to happen. And people are hurting now. President Biden doesn't hurt. Stephen Colbert doesn't hurt. I mean, the, those who are speaking out about this, it's not hurting them. They're rich, yeah. and they're not yeah. going to have to worry about it. We pay for Biden's gasoline, but the, there are people waiting in line because they know it's going to go up another 10 cents today, and, yeah. and these people can't go out to eat, or they can't buy the same food that they would, or they can't do the things that they would do to enjoy their lives because gas prices are going through the roof. What can be done right now, if anything? Nothing? Well, I'll tell you, first of all, you, you nailed it. Uh, those that are speaking the most about these uh, electro- electronic vehicles, they're the elitists. Yeah. They're the ones who will not be, they're not going to be hurt by this gas going up because they, they live in this little bubble that it doesn't touch them. But most of us, middle class and those trying to get there, this is devastating. I think they just add another $3,000 in gas that we're on top of what we were paying before Crazy. just by what's going on last, this, last, uh, this last year. 7% inflation rate, that's everything. So there are people today that had dreams, hopes, saving businesses, and, and this, now they're wondering if any of this will happen because we have a president who has no clue. So at the end of the day, it comes down to this. There's the three speakers we can pull from. One is let's be self-sufficient. Right here, under our feet, is enough that we can take care of our, our lifestyle and help our friends to do it. Right. The, next, the, the second speaker is, is our friends from Canada. They can actually give us cleaner, uh, easier, uh, cleaner oil that is actually, again, friendly to us. The, the third and last speaker, which they've decided on, is go to our enemies. Venezuela, Iran, uh, Saudi Arabia. People who have no have no interest in our culture, have no interest in, in a win-win situation, and yet this is what the Biden administration decides they want to go with. So it, we have to look. You know, it, it's sad to say where where we are. I think I'm hoping out of this comes one one message, Joe. Politics is not a game. It's not it's not like the Raiders versus the the, the Patriots. Right. It's not it's not just the color. It is truly game changing in terms of lives. And what's happening right now? We made a big big mistake. By allowing a, a person to become president who never stepped out of his basement and has never run a business, has never really, I was heard these 40 years of, of, of making decisions have always been on the wrong side of things. Right. And yet we allowed this administration to, 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 uh, to lead us. So we have to make sure, I mean, so it's a longer game. And unfortunately, we still have seven, what, six, seven months away before we can switch this around. But I'm hoping that once we do, American people waking up to this point where it will be a game changer and we can truly people being more engaged, more educated, and making sure that the kind of representation they put in office will go get us back to the old-fashioned uh, American culture that we all love and, and, and appreciate.
You know, if the midterms go the right way, then you can force him to, to moderate like uh, like Bill Clinton was forced to moderate back in the 1990s. When the House and Senate went to the Republicans, Clinton was wise enough to know that his legacy would be nothing if he didn't agree with them and work with them and get something done. This is what we have to force on Biden. But when he's got the House and the Senate and the executive, we're screwed. And, and we're yeah. seeing that in just a year and a little bit. Burgess, I could talk to you for two hours and I wanted to get into the baseball stuff. We'll do that next time. Okay. Um, I appreciate your comments on, on sports, on the transgender situation, and also on what's happening with Ukraine and Russia and our energy situation. My friend, again, congratulations for kicking some ass in Congress. I think you're doing great there. And come back on anytime you want, okay? Any, anytime, Joe, my friend. Thanks, and, and thanks for your audience. Really appreciate them tuning in. I appreciate All the best. you. Take care, buddy. All right, man, we're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. Great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Absolutely love having Burgess Owens on. Because somebody who's from the sports world, you know he's going to be a really good legislator for this reason. Sports stars, and he was a Super Bowl champion, they really know how to train, work, stay on schedule, set an agenda, and get things done. And to represent um, Utah and represent a very conservative, Christian, American values-based people uh, in a district, uh, you know he's got to be bringing it, and he's bringing it right. And I love the work that he's doing in Congress. He, did, he calls people out all the time. He's pushing for really a good legislation that would say, hey, I think it's only fair to girls and women that they compete against girls and women. It's, it's not controversial, even a little bit. It's not something that's even questionable. It's not like, well, why, why don't you recognize? Listen, Leah Thomas wants to be called a woman. I call Leah Thomas a woman. Great. You can't swim against women. Done. I don't know why that's controversial. Let me tell you in the meantime all about Super Beats. Super Beats heart chews are great. They taste wonderful. Made with non-GMO beets and grapeseed extract. And who'd have thought this would taste as good as it does? They taste amazing. I want you to try them out. Instead of the seven cups of coffee you're having right now or a bunch of sodas or a bunch of uh, sugary drinks or a bunch of energy drinks, try Super Beats Heart Chews. Just two of these in the morning. Going to help you with your, you're going to support healthy blood pressure, going to support a healthy circulation, healthy blood flow, going to give you that energy that you need. We used to have better blood flow when we were younger. That's where we felt more energetic. We can get through our day, get our tasks done. And this grapeseed extract has really been clinically shown to be helpful along with a healthy diet in getting yourself going and keeping that energy level where you need it. Go to Joe Loves Beats right now, Joe, joelovesbeats.com. Get this special up to 45% off plus free shipping. Their best offer available anywhere. Joelovesbeats.com. It's a special website they put together just for you because you listen to or you watch my program. Joelovesbeats.com up to 45% off. Joelovesbeats.com. Make that happen and make it happen right now. Big news from the Supreme Court when it comes to uh, abortion. And the Texas law that many are calling an abortion ban. It's not, but it comes close. And the Supreme Court said, nah, they're good. And the pro-abort crowd is going freaking nuts. We'll talk about that off the top of the hour. Plus, next hour, it's also going to be Chris Duffin, a world champion, a world record holder in deadlift. Keep it on the Joe Pag Show. You're listening to Joe Pags. <laughs> 